All right, welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling from the NFL Owners Meetings in Arizona, where you can see a palm tree back there. And Mike, via Zoom, Mike is in his home near Minneapolis. A lot fewer palm trees out there, but we're going to discuss the Minnesota Vikings um, offseason, the twists and turns over the last week, not just extending fullback C.J. Ham, which was the biggest news. I don't care what anybody tells me. Uh, he's sticking around here for two more seasons, um, but Ben, there could be more moves to come. The Vikings have a roster that, as documented at StarTribune.com and elsewhere, has some question marks lingering yeah. around it. So what did you hear as you talked to Mark Wilf, you talked to Kevin O'Connell? What are you hearing from the Vikings out there? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting today. Kevin O'Connell and Mark Wilf both talked to reporters uh, here in Arizona, and there, there's still a sense. O'Connell, I think, talked about it as um, you know, we've had a process in place and it's continuing. So, I mean, you you don't need to uh, read terribly far between the lines to figure out what that means. I, I there are still a lot of things with the roster that I think could change. Um, there are a lot of things that have changed, obviously. And, and Mark Wilf said today that, you know, kind of referencing what he talked about last year about we expect to be super competitive. He said that again. He said we expect to be super competitive. We expect to win the division. That none of that has changed. It's just they are going to have to do it with different people. They're going to have to probably get more. And he talked about draft picks from last year contributing more. And obviously that's Lewis Seen. That's Brian Asamoa. That's a Caleb Evans. That's Andrew Booth they're going to need more from those guys because they basically have starting roles open for all of those players. And, you know, O'Connell basically said, you know, a lot of this is still, um, still in flux. He said, we, we need to control what we can and, and kind of move forward from here. And he talked to about, we need to, there could be more that we need to add to the cornerback room, basically flat out said, we need to add to that group and said with the edge rushers, Keep an eye on the second, third waves of free agency. There could be more things still to come there. So um, this does not seem like we're done yet with the changes. And and obviously anybody looking at the roster, I think, can uh, have a reasonable inference as to where those may come. Yeah, when you're talking about the edge rushers, I'll, I'll infer. Zadarius Smith said goodbye a week and a half ago, and he's yeah, still he did. on the roster. Uh, Marcus Davenport is here. I had asked him on a Zoom call we got with him last week, hey, how do you fit here? And he said, I, I don't know. Uh, we we got to figure that out. Um, so, Ben, what's happening with that situation right now as far as you can tell and as far as you've learned? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just from, from talking to people around here this week, it, it's still very much in flux. I would expect that if they get a decent offer and I, you know, I, I don't think they're just going to give Zedarius Smith away, but if they got a decent offer, I think they'd listen. I certainly think they are open to doing that. If they got the option because they have Marcus Davenport, they have Daniel Hunter. Um, and they still, I think want more cap space at some point because they still have to be able to <clears throat> add to the roster you know, for injuries or the possibility of just filling out the depth group a little bit more. They have to sign the draft class. You probably, if you're going to think about a Justin Jefferson extension, you're probably not going to do that with a lower cap number. I mean, everybody kind of talks about, well, you can do it with a lower than cap number with a lot of these players. You're not doing rookie contract extensions to lower cap numbers. Typically, you're going to have a big signing bonus 
that you're not going to be able to drive that far into the future. You're going to have some hit from that this year, which in and of itself would raise his number. So if you're going to do a Jefferson extension this year, you're going to need the cap space for it. He's not going to have the cap number that he currently has, which I think is, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's probably three and a half, four million dollars. He would be higher than that on the signing bonus alone, I would think. So you are probably going to see them try to find ways to get more cap space. And there are only so many ways to do that at this point. And I, I think Zedaria Smith, one way or the other, you're going to try to figure that out. I, he certainly is not going to be given away. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to just, you know, take a ham sandwich for him, pardon the pun, to uh, ship him off somewhere else. But I think if they got a good offer, they certainly would listen to it. Yeah, Mike, three does seem to be a bit of a crowd here uh, with the Vikings defense and what they got going on right now. Marcus Davenport steps into a deal that still guarantees him $10 million for next season. That is starter-level money. He is not a guy that's played on the interior, uh, certainly not on the interior of a 4-3 or really a 3-4 in his career. So this is a guy that effectively is taking Zadarius' spot while he's still on the roster. So what do you think? I still can't figure out what they're doing, I guess is what I think. I don't know what they're up to. I, I still am confused as to why they, they did the $5 million or whatever it was, the roster bonus that Darius got. Like, I'm just confused. I'm, the whole offseason kind of has me confused at this point, I guess. I, I, I like the Cousins kind of not committing beyond beyond 2023, but everything else about it has kind of confused me. I don't quite, I don't quite get it. I, I don't know why there isn't some kind of definitive movement on Zadarius and Dalvin at this point. And maybe like, maybe it's just, you don't make a move until you have to, I guess that's maybe what, what good personnel people do, but it did feel like there was kind of a hard deadline on Zadarius that just kind of lapsed. And now it doesn't feel like they're in a huge position of strength, but maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just reading it wrong. Maybe that's just the way I'm seeing it, but it, it seems I'm confused by what their plan is at this point. Here's, here's what I would say to that. If, I would not look at the plan on March 28th and assume it's complete. I I think they still have more they're going to do. And it, it doesn't have to look complete really until training camp until um, September 1st or whatever we're talking about. I mean, it, it's not, uh, it's not finished yet. It, it's, I was trying to say, it looked like somebody behind me was like trying to, flexing the camera it's like we're not live on video so sorry to disappoint you but um no i i think they are letting it play out a little bit and and my sense is that the reason they let those guarantees hit and it was five million dollars for zadaria smith and his base salary it was two million dollars for dalvin cook though that's a good point because of the injury anyway um i think some of that was to give them more time to make a trade because everybody I think knew, well, if you're going to cut these guys anyway, then we don't have to give up anything because we can just pay them cash later and we can get them if we want. So I think some of that was if we guarantee it for now and we figure we can trade them eventually, then that money won't be on our roster anyway, because if, if he's traded that, that $5 million goes with him. So that's not an issue unless they cut him. And even if they did cut him and they'd still save, I think seven or $8 million on their cap for this year. So I, I think a lot of this is it doesn't make complete sense right now because it's like a, a renovation project that's half done and you've still got a bunch of you know nails on the floor and holes in the wall and 
and that sort of thing. It, it's not something where you'd walk somebody through and say, look at the finished product. It's still, I think, in in the process, which is why it looks a little messy at the moment. Yeah. And, and what's what's become clear is obviously they went to so many of their guys to try to get pay cuts and they succeeded with many of them, um, but they haven't succeeded yet with Dalvin Cook, uh, yeah. at least to this point. Yep. And the previous Vikings management, some of which are still in the building right now running the team, know very well how difficult it is to deal with Dalvin Cook's representation. That's been well documented. It goes back to his first contract extension, the holdout. Point being, with Dalvin Cook right now, the Vikings seem to want to keep him. It, it seemingly, mm-hmm. if they haven't cut him. Um, and as you said, Ben, that injury, that surgery he had, locked in the injury guarantee. So really nothing has changed with his status other than the fact that they extended C.J. Ham and they extended Alexander Madison. What do you think that running back room could look like? Do you think that they could end up keeping Dalvin Cook in a way that it would seem that they want? Well, they could. But the question is, are you going to keep Dalvin Cook at that number? And I think that is what remains to be seen. I I don't get the sense that they're terribly interested in keeping him at $14.1 million. But if you can't get some type of a restructure done, are you going to keep him at that number or are you going to cut him or try to trade him for whatever you can get. I mean, that that's the trick is that the running back market has not really kept a lot of those contracts. I mean, a lot of those guys in the class of 2017 got paid the second deals, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Dalvin cook, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones took a pay cut this off season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey obviously has been traded. Joe Mixon. We'll have to see how all of that's going to shake out. But and I think there's one more guy in that. Alan Kamara is the other guy in that class. Zeke Elliott gets cut. Um, yes. Another example. Yep. Yep. So the, the running back market is not holding those deals in place very much. So I, I think it's reasonable to assume that given that, and given the fact that they paid Alexander Madison a deal that guarantees him 23 and 24, that they are planning for a bigger role for him. And that probably means a roles typically go, hand in hand with um, pace, you know, pay scales. So if Dalvin cook, if Alexander Madison is getting paid more, it stands to reason Alexander Madison could have a bigger role. If Alexander Madison is going to have a bigger role for a team that is still going to throw the ball a lot, because guess what? Justin Jefferson's selling this team. It stands to reason that Dalvin cook who only carried the ball 15 times a game last year is also going to have, to share the ball a little bit more. So if Dalvin Cook is sharing the ball, it stands to reason that $14.1 million is not in the cards. So how all that shakes out, we'll have to see. But it almost feels like a Sudoku puzzle where like only one of these things can be in a row at one time. And if one of them is true, it means all of the other ones cannot be. So uh, I think figuring all of that out is uh, going to take a little bit of time yet. But I don't think... I continue to think it's not going to look exactly the way it does now by the time we get to points of the year where the weather in Minnesota has some chance of being as warm as it is here in lovely Phoenix. Yeah, Mike, something's got to change, whether it's Cook's contract or him being in that room at all. I think so. And maybe the thing that's frustrating me is I was kind of on, I was kind of on board with them inching towards what seemed more like the rebuild part of the competitive rebuild. And right now I kind of feel like they're in a holding pattern. So maybe that's, maybe that's the piece that I'm just not sure how that's all going to line up is that 
what what are they you know where where are they ultimately going to line up in 2023 is this a year where they still think they can compete you know coming off of a 13 win season or how do they how do they feel about this roster do they feel good enough about it that they're going to keep some of these guys around and try to win again next year you know looking at green bay being you know maybe diminished looking at detroit not being proven yet stuff like that <laughs> we got some extra co-hosts on this podcast yeah sorry about um, that Ben, I did read Mark Wolf's comments today in your story for uh, what would be Wednesday's Star Tribune. I don't remember what day it was. Um, that they want to be super competitive every time they step on the field. Um, so, with that said, what is the direction of this team right now, according to Mark Wolf? Well, I mean, he said nothing about what he talked about last year has changed. He he said we expect to win the division, and when you're the defending division champs, like that you're able to say that you can also look around the NFC North, particularly uh, the quarterback situation in green Bay, which has been a, a big topic of conversation this week and see that there's going to be changes in the division. I mean, I, I don't think the Packers are being terribly discreet anymore about the idea that they are planning for Jordan love to be the starting quarterback in 2023. If that's the case, there's changes there. The lions certainly look like a contender in the division, but still a lot to prove for them. And the Bears are still very much in a building phase. So it's not out of the question to say, could we go, you know, even if it's nine and eight, 10 and seven, you could maybe win the division at that mark. Now, the tricky part for them is the schedule is tough. You have to play all four teams that were in conference championship games last year, including road trips to Cincinnati and to Philadelphia. The Chiefs come to U.S. Bank Stadium, as do the 49ers. And all of those games are going to be difficult. Justin Herbert is also on the schedule. They have to play um, – trying to well, the, the, the Broncos with, with Sean Payton, maybe, maybe that gets a little tougher. We'll have to see, but they're on the schedule. Um, the – I guess it's AFC – or NFC South, which is, you know, a winnable – group of games there but the first place portion of the schedule is against a lot of world beaters because it's not just the teams that like the vikings won the division and got knocked out in the first round it's four teams that went to their conference championship games so you are going to have a tougher schedule and you can't assume that you're going to win every single close game that you're in this year but i also don't know that it will take 12 13 wins to take the division so it's, I don't think it's unreasonable that they'd be in the mix given the way the division looks and the way it may look in a few months here. And it could be Kirk Cousins' last season in Minnesota. Uh, Kevin O'Connell was talking about him today as he enters um, still into a contract year after negotiations fell through and they were unable to come to terms on an extension. What did Kevin O'Connell have to say about Kirk today? Yeah, he got asked about kind of what the approach is with Kirk when he's, by all accounts, looking like he's going to play in the last year of his contract. He said he also will have the same play caller for two years in a row for the first time since 2015, 2016, when it was a guy by the name of Sean McVay uh, calling his plays in Washington. So O'Connell said, I, I think there's more we can do in the offense with him. And it certainly seems like they are trying to support him with probably a little more of a run game, a little bit more of a, a variety in terms of the personnel, in terms of being able to go heavier, 
you know, being able to get in shorter down in distances so he's not throwing under pressure quite as much. I think that's one of the things they are hoping for with what they are aiming to be a more efficient run game is that you're not putting him at third and eight quite as often. So there's that. I, I think they're hoping that they can get bigger contributions from guys like Jalen Naylor, track guy, and uh, maybe even Jalen Rager, who will still probably be on the roster because he has a guaranteed deal at this point. So there is, you know, I, th- I think they could add to the receiver group at some point, but there I think is hope to make the offense look a little bit different for Cousins. And I think coupled with the fact that he is in a familiar scheme, they're hoping for better. And O'Connell said if, if that happens, it's good for the Vikings and good for him. And you can figure out what that means. If if he has a good year heading into free agency, then he'll get paid by somebody. It'll either be the Vikings or or somebody else. I, I, don't, I certainly don't think it's impossible that Cousins is the quarterback in 24, and we've talked about that. I, I continue to believe that. But he is, I think, going to have to both earn it and probably get a sense of what the rest of the league thinks of him, given the fact that he'll be a, he's scheduled to be a free agent in March. So there, there's a lot to it, yet I think it's going to have to happen. And, and the fact they have a good relationship helps, but there certainly is some uh, some navigating to do, I think, in how all that comes together. Yeah, Mike, before I get Ben's measured uh, take on this, that <laughs> means they have to draft a quarterback this year, right? I mean, it doesn't mean they have to, but if you don't, then you're kind of admitting that there's a decent chance that Cousins is around in 24, right? Because you don't want to play a rookie next year. They've kind of talked about that. Now, Trey Lance might become available. It sounds like they they want uh, Brock Purdy to be their guy. So who, who knows where, where that's all headed. But, um, yeah, the, the stuff with Cousins is interesting. I, it was funny. I was talking to my journalism class about this today and kind of something that our colleague Mark Craig wrote the other day about just the landscape of the NFC, like, by both skill and by default, like his cousins, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC right now, that there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFC. There's something to be said for what he does do well. I mean, and I think, you know, he's, he's still got a lot that he brings to the table, but it's just, it's hard to, hard to see them getting to their, you know, to every place they want to get to with, with him as their quarterback. So I guess it's kind of, I guess the question about Kirk Cousins becomes, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a team that, Really, your usual ceiling is probably 10 or 11 wins and, and maybe winning one playoff game. I know they won 13 last year, but that was, you know, by, by some extraordinary measures. Or do you want to take a swing for the fences at some point with, with a different approach? So I, I guess that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, Ben is good. Is good good enough? I don't think they think that. I mean, and we've talked about this. Do they want to just be relevant? I mean, it, and it is really hard to say we want to go win a Super Bowl while being competitive every single year because you don't have cheap talent when you're not picking at the top of the draft. So I I think that is a tricky line to walk um, when you, when you go through that. But I think the approach, if they were to make a run with cousins would have to look a lot like it did with Matthew Stafford in LA in the sense that you'd have to have, high-level players around him, which they don't have probably enough of at the moment. There's not Jalen Ramsey at corner or Aaron Donald in the middle of the defensive line or Cooper. I mean, you you have a high-level receiver. I mean, that's where the one spot where you match them is Cooper Cup. You have Justin Jefferson, who's as good, if not better. 
and cup, but you don't have those kind of game wrecking players on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, they do need to continue to add there. I, I think they would have to probably take a step to win with Cousins on the level that they want to win if he's the guy. Otherwise, you go the other way at some point and say, we draft somebody, we get that cheap rookie contract. There's a there's a big surplus to doing that. And I think the third option there, you mentioned Trey Lance, could be a veteran, could be a guy that you go get to be a bridge quarterback for a year if you're not ready to draft somebody this year. The fact they don't have a second-round pick and the fact that they have other needs, like corner in the first round, I don't think they are committed 100 – I don't think they're going into the first round saying we have to draft a quarterback. I just – I don't think that's where they're going. Um, if there's one there they like, and I think there are some they like, I think they maybe would do it, but I don't think they're saying we have to get one because we've seen before – when teams say we have to get our quarterback in the first round is anybody will do or not anybody will do, but we are going to take one no matter what. The last time they did that, it was Christian Ponder. Didn't turn out too well. Did not turn it out. Did too not. Well. Um, the GM who made that pick is, is currently sitting on CBS sports right now. Um, I do think that the Minnesota Vikings this year, as you mentioned, you brought up a good point about their roster this year. And I wonder how much that plays into the impact of, starting the clock with a rookie quarterback is this roster in 2023 good enough for them to bring point. in that quarterback right now and if the like let's say they just you know a guy's borderline they they don't necessarily love him but they could see him being the guy why not wait a year essentially and as you said bring in a bridge quarterback and give you that extra draft to kind of refuel this roster that's a great point i mean it's this is probably not – I mean, right now you have five picks in this draft, including, I think, what, two in the top 100 right now? So this is not likely to be a draft where you hit a bunch of home runs and you get these kind of top-end talents that change the roster as a result. Maybe Andrew Booth or Caleb Evans or Lewis Seen or Brian Osamoa turns into that type of a guy, but – you'd either need that to happen or you'd have to hit on a lot of draft picks in the middle of the draft. So the idea of let's wait until the roster is a little riper to bring a rookie quarterback in, and then we can go kind of do all this stuff in free agency that we want to do. I, it probably makes some sense. I, I don't, I don't know that you want to start that. I mean, if that five-year window of a cheap quarterback is such a precious commodity, you don't want to waste time when it's a rookie quarterback and a roster that's not good enough to take advantage of it, especially when you're still going to have dead money this year. And you may have, uh, you're certainly going to have some of it with cousins on a void next year. If in fact you are moving on from him. Yeah, Mike, we saw um, NFL media's Daniel Jeremiah mocked Hendon hooker out of Tennessee to the Vikings. Uh, Will Levis seems to be everybody's favorite fourth option outside of Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, do you see Mike? Uh, I mean, what do you think when you look at the Vikings quarterback situation, where they're drafting and as Ben lays out the resources they have in their current roster? I mean, I think someone like Hendon Hooker would make a certain amount of sense if they like him. I don't even know if they like him. I thought it was curious that he showed up on a couple of mocks in the same week, but that just could be people looking at the way the Cousins contract should 
the way Cousins' contract shook out and kind of where they where they sit with that right now. But you know, I, I don't know. It kind of depends. I think, like Ben said, and you said, it's kind of depending on who they like as opposed more to other things. But uh, a guy like Hendon Hooker makes sense because he's probably not. You probably don't need to go get him at twenty three, right? He's probably someone that you could maybe trade down and still get, and then you could accumulate capital and maybe still get something else. So that, that feels like it's safe, but is he really, does he move the, move the needle enough to make you think he's going to be that guy long-term who's like good enough or that much better than, I mean, I don't even know if he's better than cousins. He's just cheaper than cousins, right? He's, he's a different kind of player. He's got some running ability. He's also like 25 right now. So, I mean, that, that to me isn't necessarily a bad thing in terms of his, like his, his prime years kind of being on the rookie contract, but he's done a lot in college at a pretty old age. And I do wonder how that, you know, if that inflates his numbers a little bit. So I, I don't know. I, I, it seems like the guys that are way up there on a lot of people's boards are going to be long gone by the time they pick, unless they were to move up because they just love somebody. So it, it feels if somebody like, does an Aaron Rodgers and slides. I don't think it's yeah, going to happen. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, but Rodgers was like 24, right? It was 25 or 24 yeah. or something like that. So if yeah. something happens yeah. like that, I don't know where Rodgers was supposed to get picked. But I don't know. Like, well, I, I was talking to him going one to San Francisco. Yeah. It was either him or Alex Smith, and he was the baby right. kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like they would probably tend to want someone who can make some plays at their feet and kind of make some off-script plays too. So I don't know who that is necessarily, but it, it doesn't. I don't know if that player necessarily exists in this draft that they could get. So I would, I would say one thing to keep an eye on with this system is if you're looking at like freak athletes that don't hit targets, I would pump the brakes on that a little bit. I, I don't think that type of a quarterback, unless they feel like they can make that quarterback more accurate in the NFL, I don't think that quarterback is going to be as interesting to them as some of us that just kind of put pieces together on these things may think he is. And I'm not referring to anybody specifically, but there are a lot of those types of quarterbacks that get tossed into the discussion uh, connected to the Vikings. Would it rhyme with Shamar Flaxen? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there's uh, there are a number of these guys that end up in uh in the conversation uh, oh, oh you're going that I'm, i was no i was quarterbacks too when you said freak athlete who can't you know not necessarily the most accurate i went to lamar jackson immediately but i know well, you, you mean, it could be anthony that, richardson yeah, it could be that was what i was thinking of yeah it could be any number of guys certainly but lamar jackson was the one that everybody wants the the, <laughs> the, the fever dream of, yeah. of like that's, yeah that's like that's not even possible is it like i don't understand how that would be even be possible i want anybody who is suggesting the Lamar Jackson thing, like show your work, show me how they get a deal done that the Ravens won't match. Look, Ben, show me how they find a contract for Kirk cousins that you don't make somebody else want him. The no trade clause. How do you get him to wave it? Like why are, why I don't are you hearing? Bring... Don't at me with these things unless you show your work. Stop bringing facts to my memes. All right. Let me, let Stop me meme. bringing memes to my mentions. <laughs> I will. I will say there's a Hendon Hooker is very accurate and he's got some running ability. Like if 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 they like him, <laughs> Mike's coworkers, oh Mike's children are just screaming every time he wants to talk. <laughs> well, so here's the here's my question on Hendon Hooker. Um, the age thing is is part of it, and then if if you think 
Oh, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker and I had the same birthday. How about that? He's exactly 15 years younger than me. So he's, yes, he is 25 because I just turned 40. Um, yeah. So he is, if he's 25 and he is, uh, if you end up probably needing to wait a year on him because of the ACL, uh, if you traded down to get him, say it's in the second round, then you basically have a year where you're getting, getting him healthy. And then you only have three years left on the rookie deal. I mean, that's, that's the other piece of this with this, window that you want it to be a first round pick because that adds a year to the window yeah you don't necessarily want and maybe, maybe you get a more affordable second deal and you can deal with that but i don't think that if you're drawing this up in a perfect world that you want to do a four-year deal because if the the cheap quarterback window is the cheat code you want that to be as long as you can and the way to make that as long as you can it's a drafting guy in the first round yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, well, what else should we get to here uh, surrounding the Vikings? What else have you heard from uh, Will, from O'Connell? I saw Quasey hugging all of his San Francisco guys out there. I also saw NFL yep. owners voted that teams can now play on short okay. weeks on Thursday night. Yay. What? Yeah. Before yeah. that Black Friday about- game on Amazon this year. We're totally getting scheduled for that. I'm I'm already just making my peace with it. It's totally happening. We're gonna end up in Atlanta on Black Friday. <laughs> oh, the NFL's about football, family, safety, and playing twice on short uh short weeks on Thursday night. Um and then eventually on 18 holidays. games because that's gonna yeah. happen. And um, and wearing zero and wearing zero, right? Ah, yes, but that'll get the headlines. Wearing zero. I saw Calvin Ridley will wear zero for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that, that is what matters as Byron Jones gets cut by the Dolphins and tweets that he can't walk right anymore. Um, what else, Ben? What else have you heard from the Vikings perspective and the Vikings lens? You mentioned the second and third waves of free agency. The Vikings did bring in two former Rams. It seems like yep. with their cap situation, they're only going to be bargain hunting at this point. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think that's all they can really do is bargain hunt. They just don't have the, the space to do much more than that at the moment. I, I think the other question, I mean, O'Connell basically came out and said, we need to add at corner. Um, he said Byron Murphy can be a guy that plays outside and then shifts inside on third downs, kind of like Captain Munnerlyn did that first year when their secondary wasn't really that deep yet. So they could go that way with him. But I feel like if you do that, you're probably going to need another guy that can play outside on third downs. Otherwise, you are expecting both Booth and Evans, A, to hit, and B, to stay healthy in year two. And, and especially with Booth, that has not been a winning proposition in the past. So I, I would keep an eye on that with the, uh, the the second, third wave of free agency, if they can make another move at corner to bring in somebody that can contribute. I think that's certainly, I mean, O'Connell basically said that's a need. Um Trying to think what else kind of a an understanding that what they are doing is a hard way to live i i think the let's live on the margins and try to add on all these little spots where we get affordable players and hit on all of our draft picks it's it just doesn't give you a lot of margin for error and i think they want to get to a point where that's not the case but that requires you to get some of these contracts off the roster and give yourself a fresh slate, which is why they make moves like they did with Thielen, with Eric Kendricks, why you've seen them take a hard line with some of the veterans like they have. 
I think you're going to see some of that continue because I, I just don't think they look at the way things have been done around here as being sustainable unless you have, I mean, if you have a, an all-time draft like Rick Spielman did in 2015, then you say, okay, we'll, we'll roll with that. But that's the reason that team was in the NFC Championship game in 2017 is you had young, athletic players on rookie deals that were ready to contribute in year three. I mean, that, that draft had a lot to do with why that team made its run. I think that's part of where they have to get is you have to have more 25-year-old players that are contributing and are doing so on affordable deals. And they just, without that, it's, it's really, really hard to do it. Yeah, Mike, it is a hard way to live right now for the Vikings. They're essentially buying an ingredient at a time for a recipe uh, <laughs> as week one. Uh, you know, it's still months and months away, but it is just kind of piecemeal. As you look at the salary cap space across the league, every team seems to have at least a few million. And then there's the Vikings just towing that line ever so closely. Um, they do create about a million in space, as Ben reported with CJ Ham's extension. Uh, it, it's just that that little <clears throat> kind of turn every single time chipping away at creating cap space. It's like they find $500,000 under a rock here, a million there. Um, and we're the all equivalent waiting of the- trying to score touchdowns on 14 play drives. I mean, just like <laughs> these little seven, eight yard, everybody's taking away the deep shots. I mean, you, at some point you need to find the personnel equivalent of a 60 yard play downfield. Like the guy that just changes things really fast. And trading Zadarius Smith would certainly do that. Uh, in terms of creating cap space, if that was what they were going to do or something with Dalvin Cook, TJ Hawkinson extension is another way they could yep. potentially yep. create room with his cap number being at $9 million. Um, Mike, any last thoughts? I guess I'll just take Ben's word for it that this will look less messy in mid-June than it does right now. And that's, that's kind of how it always goes. Every year we complain about the Twins and free agency. They don't do something on day one. And then by, you know, by March, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's starting to look okay, stuff like that. So... I don't really know like what to what to make of it big picture, but I, I guess I guess I'll give them I'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now. I need to see more from the draft this year than it did last year, and I think the jury's still out on what they're able to do this year. Yeah, Ben, they're gonna have to make Quasi's gonna have to make 10, 12 trades like he did last year, it would seem. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, I think trading back in the first round is certainly a possibility. I, I think, you know, trading out of the first round, like we said, that makes the quarterback thing a little tougher, but I would not be surprised if they trade back, especially if it gives them another pick in the top 100. I, that would not be uh, out of the question whatsoever. Well, that is what we'll be talking about next time when we come to you guys in April ahead of the NFL draft. For now, please check out StarTribune.com.